Trevor Plouffe. It's good to see you. My man, C. Rose. You went knit cap on me today. You all right? I didn't have a chance to change after my workout, so. Oh. Cold in the mornings. I get up at um, like 5.15. Mm. So. That away. That away, tough guy. I still have to do my workout at 10.45. I had to move it because I'm doing a podcast today with Trevor May, which we'll talk about shortly. But, man, oh, man, that's it's going to be brutal. I hate 10.45 workouts. Been up since 6. I'm not allowed to eat until after my workout. That's that's going to make me exceptionally grumpy in a few hours. Really? Yeah. Are you on some kind of, what's the, intermittent fasting plan? Yes, I do the 16-8 program. Can't you tell? I mean, it's really helped a lot. It works. That does, does work. It does work. All right, so let's get to it with the, the Tuesday edition of Baseball Today. I want to welcome everybody to the party. Let's start with this. Can we hand out our Tough Guy Award to Junior Valentine, the first base umpire in the Mets-Cardinals game last night when Sosa's throw, I don't know what happened. I, I've never seen something like that happen where the dude gets hit in the face and he's bleeding and he stayed in the game. It's pretty badass. That's a bad throw, by the way. That's a really <laughs> – a really errant throw. <laughs> they say aim small, miss small. That was that was a big miss right there. Unreal. But somehow, you know, they checked him out for like seven to ten minutes, and he stayed in the game. And even Wainwright, the Cardinal starter, said afterward, he's like, "That is a tough dude." Like, I'm not so sure I would have stayed in the game. It's not like he threw it from ten feet away. Threw it from freaking like a hundred feet away. That ball was probably coming in somewhere around like eighty to eighty-five miles an hour. And he had no idea because he's focused on his job. Gets smoked. I have seen uh, Ron Gardenhire also got hit like that, but this was in BP. You know, balls are flying everywhere in batting yeah. practice. Uh, he was looking somewhere, and I believe it was Alexi Casilla smoked him. Same thing, in the ear, cut him, had to get stitches. It's dangerous out there. Heck, yeah, it is. A lot of flying bullets. I'm surprised more of that shit doesn't happen. So, Junior, hope you're hanging in there. Good job. Way to be a tough guy. All right, let's get to it. We have our first playoff team, and it, of course, as everybody predicted at the beginning of the season, the San Francisco Giants, who had their earliest clinch ever last night when they dusted the San Diego Padres. What has surprised you most about the Giants' magical carpet ride? Uh, well, I would say, Chris, it's the consistency of their level of play. They haven't had one month under a 600 wing percentage. Not one freaking month. And, in fact, they've even gotten better. In August, uh, it was their highest winning percentage. And then in September, I think they're like 10-2 and two or something like that. Mm -hmm. So they just haven't had a bad run of games. They've been over 500 since April 6th, and they've just kept going. And if you watch their playoff odds chart, if you've seen this chart, it's hilarious because it starts off very, very low and then just steadily climbs. It is exactly what you want to see. Uh, but I think that's what stood up the most to me is, is the consistency of their play. Even dealing with injuries, dealing with some COVID stuff, they've never had a freaking month with a winning percentage under 600. And that is all you could hope for. I mean, it, was there one person who picked them higher than third in their division? No way. I mean, unless you're like a huge Giants fan. That's about it, right? But even the Giants fans that I know were like, yeah, you know what? I think we'll be okay. You know, maybe we'll get 82 or 83 wins in this division, but not with the Dodgers and the Padres. And No, you can't. 
you can be a, a Giants fan and root for him and be like, God, I really – but there's no way you expected this magic to come together the way it has. And to me, the biggest shock is that in a game which is seemingly getting younger, you know, we see guys like Vlad and Fernando Tatis Jr. and, you know, Shohei, who's in his mid-20s, they have gotten nearly every significant contribution – from the everyday ball player-wise, I'm not talking about pitching because Webb at 24 years old has been great. Everybody is 30 and older. Like Wade at 27, who's come out of nowhere, who had less than 100 career at-bats before this season, that he, he's 27. Like he's the biggest guy. And Duggar's done some nice stuff too. And he's somewhere in his mid-20s now. But other than that, everybody is over 30. And in a game that's getting younger – to see the guys bounce back the way they have, it's shocking to me. It's a win for the old guys. I love it. It makes me feel good. Yeah, it is. And, and, we, and we'll keep talking about him. And I think, yes, what are you pointing at? I wanted to say we have to shout out Late, late Night Lamont, best nickname in the game right now. Yeah. Come over and been a force. Thank you, yeah. Twin. Thanks. Yeah, his, his ninth inning stats this year are insane. He's hitting like 600 in the ninth inning and pressure situations, whatever the hell that stuff is. But great for the Giants. Keep proving everybody wrong, including yours truly. First two months, I was not a part of it. I was like, yep, sell job, sell job, sell job. They're selling. Nope. Really cool. You did say they were going to sell. <laughs> I did. Totally. I said, I said even through the first six or seven weeks that I thought that all those guys were building up their resume and they were going to sell because they weren't going to be able to hang with the Dodgers and the Padres. Well, they didn't sell. They added, and here we yep. are. It's great. It's been great. Uh, Vlad crushed number 45. So in case you haven't been paying attention, he leads the AL in average. He leads the AL in homers. He's four back of Abreu in RBIs. Are we sure that he's not winning the AL MVP? We're positive. <laughs> <laughs> been Shohei's for a long time and like yes Vlad deserves all the praise in fact there's a couple of different J's that you could talk about Simeon one of them what Vlad is doing is incredible worked his ass off literally in the offseason lost a bunch of weight and now is you said four RBIs away from a triple crown season uh -huh. and as a Magical as that is, it's only happened 12 other times. I believe all of those guys are Hall of Famers. There's like one guy who I wasn't sure of when I looked at the list. What we're seeing with Shohei probably has never really happened. So, like, it's just it's the Shohei effect. Any other season, Vlad is there. But what Shohei is doing is, is more magical, yep. more unique than a Triple Crown season. And that's crazy to say that. Even with, you know, he's fallen off a little bit. He's struggled. His last start wasn't great. His batting averages, you know, not where a lot of people like to see, but who cares about that? He, he has put together a season for the ages, one that will be talked about for the rest of baseball history. So show yeah. the MVP locked up. It sucks for Vlad. I wish there was, like, an auxiliary MVP he could win. Um, but he's going to be around for a long time. It's not going to be his only chance to win MVP. The question I have for you, and, and as I was prepping for this question, I came across this. Does, does Otani just win the MVP every single year if he goes out and is consistent like this? Like it's a great question. So, in my opinion, when we see something for the first time, we're enamored with it. We're so impressed. <coughs> Excuse me. You, you got me all choked up on this one. 
We're so impressed. We're enamored with it. We've never seen it before. But then he has to surpass it by, by like 15 or 20% in order for us to go, oh, my God, he did it again. It, it's very much that way in other sports. It's why people – it's why LeBron hasn't won the MVP in a decade in the NBA because people expect it now, right? It, kill, it still could be great. And if you took his name away from that stats and put somebody else that hadn't done that before over his stats, their name on it, you'd be like, holy shit, what a remarkable year. Once we see it, for whatever reason, it gets baked into our system. We're like, yeah, okay, we've seen it. Do you think, even if he leaves the league in war like he does right now, by a, by a, by a large margin? Yes, he does. Still think the the unicorn effect will wear off? I hope it doesn't. I hope it doesn't because this is so rare than just being great at your sport. It's almost like being great at two sports yeah. in one. I, I just think it is so unlike anything we have ever seen in any sport. And I hope it doesn't. People okay. are tired of Mike Trout. I'm not tired of Mike no, Trout. Nobody's tired of Mike Trout. That's not true. People are tired of Mike Trout because yeah, they're like, like oh, yeah, Trout did this. You and I might appreciate him to the nth degree, but the, the average baseball fan is like, oh, okay, yeah, great. I'll Look. tell you this. Can I finish this? I used to cover golf when I worked, first started working at Fox Sports, and it coincided with Tiger's remarkable burst onto the scene and run. I had the chance to cover him in, when he won four straight majors. When he won the fourth straight one over at the Open Championship in St. Andrews, Tom Watson, the Hall of Fame golfer, came off the course and we're all interviewing him. He said, guys, Tiger Woods is setting the bar so high, not even Tiger Woods will be able to jump over it. <laughs> and you guys are all, go you're all going to talk bad about him because he's not going to be able to duplicate one day what he is doing today. It's the same sort of question you just asked about Otani. And I'm just telling you that that's what two or three years down the line, people are going to say the same thing. Yeah. And I, I don't care. There's a big thing in the chat right now about, oh, you got to be on a winning team. Baseball doesn't wow. work that way, dude. It does not work no that way. way. can't change a team's fortune. You don't understand the sport if you think that way. If, if, if Marcus Simeon wasn't on Vlad's team, Vlad's team wouldn't be in the playoff hunt at all. And by the way, Vlad's team just got in the playoff hunt. Yeah. So, like, uh, not one player can – you can't do that. Yeah. Let, let's go compare the Angels lineup and the Blue Jays lineup. There is no comparison right now. All right. Anyway, let's move on. Not sure that any team wants to win that second wild card. They're all in, like, Shitsville, except for the Cardinals, who had a big win last night in New York. But – Look into your crystal ball. Who is the tough? Crystal ball's over here, bro. Who, who is the toughest opponent for either the Dodgers, who I think it'll be as the one wild card, or the Giants if they end up slipping? For a one gamer, hmm? I think it's still the Padres. I think they have the star power, the firepower on offense, and the Dodgers haven't hit well against them all year. You know, I think they have, like, a 190 batting average against, like, something okay. in the mid-sixes for OPS. It's not like the Dodgers have – I know they just swept them. So, like, again, like, we're, we're talking about that. But this is a one-game thing. You got Musgrove. I think Snell, I don't know if he's going to be there. Right. That hurts, that hurts their chances. But I still think it's either them or the Reds, but I would lean Padres give them 
Padres have a better shot of taking out the Dodgers in a one-game playoff. Okay. I thought about it from a totally different angle. First of all, I think it's going to be the Dodgers. So I went that direction. Number two, who do, who do we talk about that's going to start that game for the Dodgers? Scherzer, who just basically right. had a perfect game against Right. So if we went that way, I looked at some numbers. It's Philadelphia. Bryce Harper has done okay against his former teammate. Odubel Herrera does well. Two guys that kill Max Scherzer. Your buddy Brad Miller. Ooh. And Matt Joyce, who just got activated and has done nothing this year. He's hitting under 100. But for whatever reason, he has owned Max Scherzer. So just in a one-game winner-take-all, the Phillies could trot out the lineup that could be Scherzer's kryptonite. I get it. I get it. Like, and I really want the Phillies to be there. I just, like, don't even see them getting Oh, to... I don't either. But... I don't either. I'm just saying that out of all these teams that are in the number two wild card stratosphere right now, which is which is a – somebody pick it up. Somebody other than the Cardinals, let's pick it up and start running with it a little bit. It, it's hard for us to, like, really comprehend that question because we've seen a bunch of games now. We have the data, so we know what teams have done against this. But it's one freaking game. Yeah. That's the craziest thing about all this. Anything can happen in one game. The Dodgers' offense is not exactly tearing it up right now. They could go cold. One run could win the game. That's why you got to – it doesn't. So many things can happen. I hate the one. I lo, as a fan, you love it. I'm going to make a prediction because it, it'll be either the Dodgers or Giants, and one of them is going to have 100 wins and going to have to play a wild card. If that team loses the one game wild card, we're going to change it next year. I'm just saying it right now. There's going to be enough bitching and moaning. We we should we should play a, an even schedule. Everybody should play everybody. I'm talking ALNL. Everybody oh play everybody. Oh, man, now, now you're trying to blow things up. Why? I, I, I am because it's dumb. It's dumb when, a, like you're saying, we might have two 100-win uh, teams in one division. One gets to go and and uh, get the series, and then one has to go play a one-game playoff. That's I happened to the Pirates a lot. Like They got in that one-game playoff. and wow, They were a really yeah. good team. You play 162 games. That's why people love baseball. True, true. Hey, real quickly, uh, Jay Howard 8 in the chat says, uh, LOL, we're playing a game of what ifs. Yes, that's what we do here. We love the game, the what if game. Try it at home. It's awesome. It's really a lot of fun. All right. Uh, hey, Seattle won last night. They beat Boston. Yankees had a huge come from behind win. Toronto took care of business against uh, the Rays. So the AL wildcard standings as of Tuesday morning, Toronto is the one. Then you've got Boston and New York tied behind them and then you've got seattle two back and oakland two and a half one week from now what are the al wildcard standings going to look like i know the the jays have been playing balls out they've been doing it i think the yankees end up back you're talking about one week one I week he's end up back on top for the one wild card because they play baltimore cleveland and texas mm-hmm. they gotta get Fair business. The Jays got to play two more against the the Rays, then Minnesota, and then the Rays again. That's pretty tough. I know they've been playing baseball, but like sooner or later, the Rays are going to win. They're going to win some ball games because that's mm-hmm. what. Red Sox kind of in the middle there on their schedule. I'll say Yankees number one, and I'll say probably 
I don't know. Jays, Jays too, but close. Those, those two teams can be tight. It's all going to be within one game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got Yankees, Red Sox, Jays, because you talked about the Rays factor. You and I kind of agree on that. That was weird. Yeah. Well, we'll just move on to the last question, which was, look who, uh, you know, Clayton Kershaw back on the mound last night for the first time since early July, and who was there to watch him? None other than new L.A. Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford. But what happened? Your Did your neighbor not ask you to go to the baseball game with him? Dude, he can enjoy a night with his wife. My goodness. You know, we're friends, but I'm not his wife. Yeah, but you played Major League Baseball. He knows that. Like, hey, Plouffe, you want to go hit a Major League Baseball game? Like, this would be awesome. Let's, no, didn't even, you're not hurt, huh? I'm not hurt. No one even, like, knows I played baseball. No one even gives a crap about that. That was decades. Can you stop for a second? Are you trying to tell me that Matt Stafford doesn't know you played in the major leagues? Of course he does. Okay, then that's the only person I care about. And by the way, don't call him Matt. That's Matthew. How I just said Matthew. Okay. Got to say, you can call him Matty S, Matty Staff, Matthew, no Matt, okay? I wish I would have went with the game, went to the game with him. Would have been awesome, but I get it. You know, he's got a, he's got a relationship. I think his relationship with you might be more important. I did. Every single person was like, why aren't you at the game with him? Yeah. I mean, yeah. So my point is this. It kind of hurts when somebody doesn't invite you somewhere, doesn't it? No. Hmm? By the way, I was hungover as hell yesterday. There's no chance I wanted to go. <laughs> he was, wasn't, you know, drinking tequila and Modelo's all day on Sunday. Okay. I was. That's funny. That is funny. That is funny. I'm just personally still trying to get over not being invited out that one night in Denver at the All-Star Game. But it's fine. I've moved past it. We, it's now like two and a half months later. We'll be fine. Anyway, uh, what do you have coming up on John Boy Media today? Sequence coming out today. We actually talk about Mad Max against the Padres and the immaculate ending. I go over just this pitch selection, how nasty he was. Pretty cool breakdown, I think. Um, and then I'm going to record the Wednesday episode of Talking Baseball. It's pre-recorded. It. Do it today. So I'll be back in the saddle with the boys um, about a couple hours. Cool. Uh, okay, so the Glass Now episode is out. Uh, very funny, as always. He's very popular in the, in the Rose Rotation world. I'm about to um, tape another episode with Trevor May of the New York Mets. The good news is nothing is going on with the Mets these days. It's been very smooth sailing, no controversy, a lot of boring games played. Wrong. We'll have plenty to talk about. Yeah. So that should be good. Uh, also, big shout out. Where did I see this? Where's my man? Somebody said they were just, they were joining us, watching the show from their, his high school cafeteria. Oh, I lost you. This is in school for sure. Huh? Here you go, Ryan. I'm watching from my school cafeteria. Shout out to you. Go get an extra chocolate milk. Ploof will pay for it. Yep. There we go. All right, dude. We're back at it again on Wednesday. We're running out of time. We got two and a half weeks left in the baseball season. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Is this the off season thing? This show? Yeah. It's a great question. I gotta bring it up with the bosses. And I don't miss- know if it's in the budget. If I don't do it during the offseason, I'm going to miss you a lot. We're going to have to figure something oh. out. Well, you know what? Why don't we let the chat speak? 
we'll let America speak. People can leave uh, comments, you know, wherever they wherever they intake our programming. You know, if it's just podcasts only, that's great. We appreciate it. You can leave whatever review you want and let us know if you want us to keep doing this in the off season on our YouTube channel. Leave it there in the comments. We'll be throwing it out there because I'm available. I don't know about you. I'm good. I'm a worker, man. If I wasn't available, I'd become available for you. You're a good man. You're a good man. Have a great, great day. Tell Jimmy and Jake they owe me an email return, by the way. I wrote them an email. I expect one back soon. I'll let them know. I appreciate it. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for tuning in to Baseball Today.